Hey, Kathy. Season two. I thought you said you weren't allowed to say season, it's American series. Series two. Yeah. Um, I think I've been watching too much Netflix, it's all oh. of the lockdown. So for those that don't know, this is our second series of That Mint Podcast, which is a show all about, I wrote this from earlier myself, <laughs> a show all about getting drunken and myth debunking <laughs> about finance. <laughs> Not just generally myths, like I don't know anything about Bigfoot or the Loch Ness Monster. <laughs> Yeah, so I was thinking, how do we sum up what That Mint podcast has been so far before we go into our new series? Um, and so I had a little look on our um, podcast, what's it called? iPodcast. <laughs> Everything's I know, isn't it? What is it? Is it just podcast? Apple podcast. Apple <laughs> so I was looking on the old iPodcast. Um, so the first series, we generally had a topic, didn't we, for each episode, mm -hmm. like a theme where we would focus on mortgages or savings or investing. Um, and then we wanted to move into a different structure where we, instead of having a full episode on one theme, we could also make it very relevant and very mm -hmm. current. So we can just be on... On? <laughs> on the iPodcast. Why am I so old? It's just to keep it into a bit more of a format. We need a little bit of structure, otherwise it's complete anarchy. It is, and I suspect there will still be some anarchy. What we'll start doing is we'll talk a little bit about what's happening in the world right now, as opposed to general things, and we can keep it fresh. You know, a bit like mint. And I suspect there'll still be some anarchy. Um, and people really liked a lot of what we did in the first series around our own experiences and could kind of say, you know, yes, we work in finance, but actually we've still made these decisions which may or may not have been great and we still have these challenges. And I think it'll be good that we can be discussing things that are current, but actually still bringing our angle to it and what's happening with us. And, yeah, and um, I'm hoping that over the arc of this series, we might actually get our shit together, but I'm... Um, got a feeling that we probably won't probably still be making mistakes and um, I mean have you got your life insurance yet? No. I can just tell by looking at your face and I haven't No, well do you yet. know what? That is a great point Joe, because I applied for it. Did you? And you've just reminded me that that was weeks gone I haven't heard back. You've been ghosted. You've been ghosted, ghosted by Pro Vitality. <laughs> It's ironic, isn't ah, it? it is. So, like so dive right into I'm something about topical. To say, let's dive right in. Joe dive Joe. right in. Insert jazz music. <laughs> <laughs> so at the minute, big story in the news is that interest rates for the first time in yonks. You'll probably know the actual amount of times. For eps, <laughs> yeah, that official uh, donkey's years. Um, there's a lot of talk about negative interest rates um, and the potential that we could you know, fall into that arena of negative interest rates. Um, but actually, it's not something I've come across, not in my lifetime, or certainly not my financial lifetime. So I just thought we could maybe talk a little bit about that. What are your thoughts on negative interest rates? Oh, they're just such a downer, aren't they? <laughs> I'm so <laughs> negative. <laughs> such a downer. <laughs> Where's the positive interest rate? Yay! Yay! <laughs> negative interest rates are the ooh, I hate being interested in things, I'm such an emo. And negative here interest... endeth your lesson. <laughs> <laughs> the end. 
Um, so, no, negative interest rates and emotional. It's the difference. Interest rates right now, as I'm sure you know, as set by the Bank of England, are at 0.1%. Mm-hmm. And interest rates get cut when they want to encourage people to spend more money when the economy is struggling, which encourages people to take out mortgages or to take out loans or credit cards because the interest on them is lower. And then they would use that money to go out and spend in the economy. So that's why they were going down, down, down. And then at the start of coronavirus, they chopped it all the way down to 0.1%, which is the lowest it's ever been. So now kind of how much lower can you go than 0.1%? And I know you're good with maths. What's smaller than 0.1? 0.0. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yay. So literally the only place to go freezing is, point. is freezing. So if the economy is still struggling, which it obviously is, the normal action the bank would take, the Bank of England would take, would be to reduce interest rates. But you can't go much lower than 0.1. So they can take it down to net zero interest rate or even a negative which would literally mean if your money was in the bank, if interest was at 1%, you'd be getting 1% interest. But if interest was at minus 1%, you would be losing. They would mm. be taking money off you. You're paying to have your money you'd in the bank. You'd be paying to have your money in the security of a bank. Mm-hmm. So it, it's been talked about because they do need to stimulate the economy. But there's a lot of implications from going into negative interest rates. So I imagine banks, despite being able to take money from savings, will still not want to encourage it a lot because the effect of it on mortgages, the way I understand it, is that if you've got a negative interest rate on your mortgage, it would affect the capital, it would pay off quicker, wouldn't it? And they would obviously not gain any money from that because they're not receiving any interest. Well, at the extreme, if if you did have an actual negative interest rate on your mortgage, the bank would be paying off your mortgage for you mm. because there would be no interest on it. So mm-hmm. any payments that you're... Well, the, the, yeah, your payments, but then also they would be actually minusing the interest. Mm-hmm. They would be taking it off without you paying it. Mm-hmm. So the, the vast majority of mortgages in the UK now are on a fixed rate, so actually they wouldn't be affected mm-hmm. anyway. And because back when there was a financial crash, and do you remember... Um, everybody's mortgages went down, 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 and I was on a fixed one then, so mine <laughs> didn't go down, and I was delighted. But in the same way, mortgage companies kind of learnt their lessons then. So a lot of them have put um, like collars mm-hmm. on the mortgages, so they'd have a term in the contract of the mortgage that says it couldn't go below zero, regardless of what central banks mm-hmm. do. So I think whether the Bank of England actually did it is one thing, and there's a lot of discussion around that. But then even if it did, like you said, the reality of how it would impact people's mortgages, I think yeah. there'd be restrictions in place. But they've done it in a few European countries that are already in negative interest. And I think there was one, I think it might be in Germany, where that is actually happening, where the mortgage is being paid off by the bank, which is just crazy. But the aim is people are then going brilliant or feel richer because the yeah. bank's paying my mortgage and going out and spending, which is exactly it the is. activity that they want to encourage. stimulating the economy, isn't it? It is, absolutely. There's lots of ways that the government can ease how the economy's affected, isn't it? And there's kind of quantitative easing and there's all that kind of thing. Yeah. And I remember being a kid and saying to my dad, but I was about six or seven such a geek it'll have been you know in the 80s sorry you weren't asking about quantitative easing when you were six or seven around that time you know thatcher was about and i lived in a little village and everyone was affected by job losses and i remember saying to my dad why don't they just print more money and he explained to me i remember saying well you know if people haven't got any money why don't they just print more money and have more money in the world and he explained to me that that inflation yeah you know i remember him actually explained to me about how in the post-war world and there was all these people with money and you know used it to burn for fuel because it yeah, was actually yeah. cheaper Worthless. to burn the money than it was to buy the fuel and and it stuck with me forever thinking, oh my god As if you're having those discussions when you were a kid you I really know. are the i think it's quite a common thing for kids to ask I mean, so yeah i think the the, the purpose, the sole purpose of the Bank of England is to keep inflation rate at around 2%. And so doing things like printing more money 
or changing interest rates, everything they do is to create an effect that will get inflation at 2%, and at the minute inflation is much lower because people aren't spending. So it's exactly that. It's get, you can like print more money, and it puts more money in the economy to keep going, but if you go too far, then it becomes worthless, and it still wouldn't have the effect that they need anyway on inflation. There's quite a common theme in finance that if rates are low, that savings are low, because people are less inclined to keep the money in the bank when the interest rates are so low, so then investments go. Normally, when interest is low, people save less, because mm-hmm. what's the point? So I literally just this morning saw a start so because of the world being crazy and because we haven't been able to go out and spend even if you wanted to with everything being shut down since March to now November an extra 88 billion pound has been saved so it's an average of 1,600 per person that people have saved and accumulated in their bank over the last eight months so actually there's so much, there's literally 88 billion extra sat in bank accounts earning nothing mm-hmm. and that's where they're looking at, okay, well what can we do to get people to be taken out, to be spending, spending what they've it. saved, to be getting loans, to actually get things mm-hmm. moving. I know the banks want you to take out loans and borrowing and all this kind of thing. When we're talking about loans, I guess mortgages and things, um, not short term loans. As you say, it's not taken out of... 40% interest rate, credit card. But we were talking about the work that people are doing on the houses, so it might mm. be, right, I'm going to get a new kitchen, so it's a loan to kind of mm. do things like that. It's these big things and these big purchases that people are just, they're not, they are just kind of squirrelling away, I think. And I think because of the uncertainty as well, because job losses yeah. are on the horizon and it's one thing that they need people to spend, but, you know, on the other hand, we're constantly preaching that you need to put money away for a rainy day and there's mm-hmm. been, been a lot of rainy days and potentially a lot more yeah. coming up. What I saw was the Bank of England wrote to other banks last month in October saying if we considered... Oh, I bet they wrote as well. Oh, yeah. And I bet they faxed, faxed it. it. Yeah. <laughs> they faxed it. <laughs> if we did hypothetically do negative interest rates, how would it impact? So what they were saying is they were basically making sure that the banks had systems and processes in place to be able to manage it and what it would mean for their product and what it would mean for their customers. They did stress in the letter that that doesn't mean that it's coming, it's that they need to be prudent and look Mm. into it. And what I've read, the general sentiment is that it's highly unlikely because some of the European countries have done it and it hasn't had the effect. A lot of people have freaked out and took the money out of the bank and put it under the mattress, which is absolutely not what they want. So I don't, I'd be surprised if it did happen, it doesn't mean it won't. But I think the key thing is that when you hear it, it sounds, if you don't understand what it means, it sounds <laughs> negative and like, scary and daunting and it feels unfamiliar. And actually the reality is, I think for most people, it wouldn't be a big impact on them. Um, what do you think people should be doing to prepare for the coming months, Georgia? Um, what do I think people should be doing? Certainly we do not need to have another run on the banks. Please don't panic um, and start taking money out of banks. It's absolutely safe. Even if it's in a negative in- interest rate, you know, like you st- you're going to get zero at home. So, yeah, you know, yeah. it's not going to hurt you. Banks are secure. Yeah, banks are secure. And, you know, if you want to start doing a little bit of investing or a little bit of spending, you know, knock yourself out and give it and a go. And if you do want to go and buy a nice new pair of shoes, you can do so with not only peace of mind, but feeling good that you're helping your economy. You're helping yeah. the Bank of England achieve their 2% inflation target. And not even that, but you're actually on a, <laughs> that's quite a large scale. Um, I'm not going out and thinking I'm buying shoes. I hope those people at the Bank of England are really appreciative. Take a note. Yeah. But it, it is, I just think it's going to be a hard time for everybody coming up to Christmas and it's going to be a really hard time local retailers local Absolutely. beauticians hairdressers the pubs let's do our bit and spend for our country <laughs> on board with that <laughs> i know <laughs> well,
but I do, I think it's time to have guilt free, all the, all the money you've saved on commuting, all of that kind of thing. Yeah. And I understand people are worried and stuff, but mask the hell up and get yourself down to get your hair done. You're helping okay. everybody, you're doing it for your country. I'll think of a good slogan we'll for that. We'll work on that slogan, that'll yeah. be, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right that the key points are don't panic if negative interest rates happen. Don't feel like you need to take all your money out of the bank. It's perfectly safe in there. There's compensation schemes around it, so nothing's going to happen. Do feel confident spending as you normally would, supporting local businesses in particular. But do still follow all the rules that we've said in our previous podcast. So make sure you've got your emergency fund. If you do have surplus cash, feel free to do some investing, ice allowances, all the rest of it. Difficult times all around. And I think people are feeling very anxious and nervous and don't know what is happening in the world and it's a feeling that way what they should do is listen to all of series one and they'd feel a lot more confident they would good advice <laughs> good for you um so jojo what I thought Kathleen. we could do in our new format, our new series, I thought we need, we'll always have this section where we talk about topical, um, but can be quite serious stuff, like we just have with the negative interest rates. Can we do one where we do a tropical, topical <gasps> day and we could do it on a beach? Yes. And the only way to really embed it would be to do it IRL. Well, Dave, yeah. Like a proper beach. <sighs> Such a long time ago. You know, that we were allowed to leave. <laughs> anyway, what I thought is, when we've had our serious bit, the next segment could always be a little bit more fun and maybe uh, maybe have a little cheeky game or two because we do enjoy a game. So for this episode, what I thought... You can't say on the podcast, but I'm just like smiling and nodding. You literally couldn't so be happy, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we've talked a lot about people's salaries and savings and it's all linked to ultimately their jobs, obviously, and um, what they're earning and where they're at. So did you see that the government launched the website where you can answer some questions and it gives you your... Did. did you do yours, by yes. the way? Did you? What was yours that came um, up? Mine was like psychologist, psychotherapist. Yes, obviously. What have you got, a GCSE in psychology? A-level. You use your A-level in psychology on me a lot, don't I you? I do, I do enjoy I'm quite good material for it, aren't I? You are. So it came up yes, with psychologists. psychology, psychotherapist, and then just... It was like yeah. just something really... Like left field, like shop worker. Um, I tried. I looked at mine again, and it was um, um, creative sport, which is interesting. Not quite active. Go for the odd run, and yeah. I don't remember any questions around that either. And my third one was construction. <laughs> <laughs> you literally cried because the builder was there for an hour last night. And you were sick of him measuring stuff. You just construction is so bad for you. Well, do you know what? Help the government. <laughs> I know. But, like, literally what no idea. Have you answered that? You said that. Not Did you say you like Lego? No. I did enjoy Lego during lockdown one though, didn't did, I? I yeah. did. Got into dinosaur Lego. Built a Tyrannosaurus Rex, a pterodactyl and a triceratops. What's your favourite dinosaur? A diplodocus. Oh, interesting. What's yours? Pterodactyl. Is it? It's not a dinosaur, it's a fine reptile. because Housen t- tells me every time. <laughs> um, but also, do you know four. why I liked it? When Since I was a kid, I liked yeah. pterodactyl. Guess why? Why? Because I just like that it had a silent P. <laughs> and and that it was written. You like psychology? Also yeah. silent P. Yeah. Maybe you've got a thing for silent P's. Yeah, Ptolemy. <laughs> like really quiet P's. <laughs> Ptolemy, famous pharaoh. You do like a silent P? You do. Absolutely love it. Speaking of which, you would not believe that that became a segue into my game. <gasps> oh! Which is, I've got a game around salaries. Randomly, I picked a load of jobs that I'll be given a P. Ooh. And you have to say which one's got the higher or lower salary. Oh, 
I know, but how weird that I'd pick letter P anyway. Yeah. Um, only some of them are silent P, like there is um, psychologist is in there. Before we go into that, what do you think the average salary is in general, like the median salary across the whole of the UK and it's average average because there is still a big owl dirty gender pay gap, still 14% between the average male salary and the average female salary. So Which we're going is... in the average of the averages. I know, it, I know, I'm furious. so angry. <laughs> um, I'm going to go with £26,000. Um, it was a little higher, it's about just under 30. Yeah, all right, okay. yeah. interesting. So, right, here's my game. These all randomly begin with the letter P. So I'll start you off with one, which is a PR professional. Um, and their salary, uh, average salary is 34,168. You'd think they'd give themselves better PR. <laughs> 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 if they were really good, they'd big themselves up that much that they'd end up getting paid 100 grand. A probation officer. Do you think they earn more or less? Um, I think less, just because it's... I just don't think social work's paid as well as it probably should be. Mm. It would be less than anything in the corporate world. Um, your age is only a little bit less. It's about £200 less, actually, oh. on average. Oh, yeah, so 33969 Plumber. Oh, oh, that's less. Is it more? Am I being short-shifted? Your husband lying to you. Oh, has he got a secret bank account? Has he got a secret <gasps> family? Oh, my goodness. I hope he has. Why do you think a plumber's less just because of your husband? Um, just because tradesmen, it's a trade, isn't it, as opposed to a professional thing. Yes. So I generally think they earn less. However, it depends. Some self-employed plumbers, I've seen buying blooming million-pound houses. So I think slightly less, although it depends where you work, I guess. Um, yes, it is a little bit less. So 31,370. So, psychologist. Um, I think it'll be higher. I think it'll be in like the 35-plus range. 42732. Yeah. God, you owe me a fortune. I know, yeah. I know. Thank you for doing it for free. And Mike comes around and does my plumbing for free. I know. Well, I love the Campbells. Invoices in. <laughs> Professional services from the Campbells. <laughs> and what about primary school teacher? Oh, probably not enough. God, I'd hate to work with kids. But I, bet I always wanted to be a primary school teacher. Do I? I had a really, really lovely primary school teacher when I was in purple class called Mrs Wilson and she was just such a nice, she was just such a lovely teacher and she had such a nice impact and I wanted to have that impact but only on small kids that are cute, not like big ones that are... No, I just don't like kids. Like groups of them at once. And other people as well. Yeah. yeah. But I think it's lower. Yeah, so psychologist was 42,732. Primary school teacher, 35. What? Oh, no. That's higher than I thought. And they get blooming weeks and weeks and weeks off. They only work half a year. I want to be a primary school teacher. I can colour. <laughs> Do you know what? Count Actually, yeah. Pro rata, that is like a 50 grand salary, isn't it? When yeah. you take like all the holidays into consideration. And you get free apples. Do get free apples. And um, the homework. So Harrison's in primary school now. And the homework, it's on an app. And they just put a message in saying, can you all take a picture of him with some veg? And then you send in a picture of the veg. And she goes... <laughs> <laughs> just an harvest festival that's <laughs> for a reason <laughs> painter and decorator hello <laughs> oh, anybody i always say anybody can have a trade anybody mm. can be a painter and decorator you could just oh, set up a business tomorrow anybody could be a pianist eh? my mum's adamant anybody can play the piano she thinks it's the easiest thing in the world i mean oh. she can't <laughs> <laughs> And yet, <laughs> honestly, you talk to her about anything musical and she immediately goes, anybody can be a pianist. I wonder how much a pianist earns. Is a P? Mm. Anyway, you're right about painter and decorator. Um, I just think, if I decided, you know, if I lost my job and I was going to set up a business tomorrow, yeah, I mean, it takes like ages. Me, yeah, we're a bit wonky, aren't we? Like, I've just oh, done Harrison's absolutely. purple bedroom. It's just I wouldn't things. say it was good. Yeah. <laughs> I just <laughs> say I could do it. 24, 9, 30. Last one, pharmacist. Ooh. Still a P. 
Yeah. PH, though. PH. Oh, I would think pharmacists should earn some decent cash. They've got all the drugs. They could make a bit on the side. I <laughs> mad with cocodamol and paracetamol in it. Bit of Dunkalax. Looking a bit stuffed up there, pet. Going some night nurse. I'm going to go with 40s for that. I think it's going to be 42, a big 42674. Right, these three and peas. But they were just interesting ones, so I just wanted to do them. Oh, go on. Anyway, then. average salary <laughs> for a musician. Oh, it depends if they're famous or not, doesn't it? Yeah, I'm going to um, assume not. 20 grand. 41,008. <sighs> I know. I wish you could play that triangle better. <laughs> <laughs> Tell well, yeah, Mike to stop faffing on with the plumbing. Yeah. And start faffing on with his side project. Mm. Which should be main project. Should be main plumbing project. Plumbing should be side project, shouldn't it? Literally, he needs to do a little switcheroo there. Farmer. Farmer. I think farmers earn a lot and they work really, really hard. I think they do. It's not really salary, is it? It's kind of profit or whatever, but I think it's quite high. I'm going to say like 40s. They have they have balls, like Pardon? farmers' balls. Like, Pardon? They have like big events, don't they? <laughs> they do. They have big balls, big events. Do they? Yeah. Honestly, I don't I think, think like I've ever money. seen a farmer's ball. Have you ever seen, a, <laughs> have you ever seen a poor farmer? <laughs> I don't know how I would know if a farmer was rich or poor because they're just walking around the Do field you know how in much wellies. Tractors cost? No. Like thousands. <laughs> like a lot. Like money. Like posh money. Twenty-six thousand. Oh, okay. Take oh, an average for the farmer, not the tractor. I don't know what tractor costs. Uh, do you know what I think it is? Because you get a lot of agricultural relief. Oh, God. <laughs> um, Such I think a nerd. I think they are asset rich, aren't they? Like the farm mm. and all yeah, the stock the... would be worth a lot. Yes. Cows are probably worth a lot. Frisian. Last one, marketing director. Quite high, I would imagine. Yeah, do you want to be a little bit more specific? £100,000. 80. Mm. But I just thought all of those, no offence to any marketing directors out there, including our own, but when you think of some of those easy. jobs that people are doing mm. and like... But I, sometimes these are skewed, aren't they? Because I think a lot of big marketing firms are in the yeah. city. Um, and those, that's where you're going to find all the big money. It'll be, you know, I don't imagine you get the same in Sunderland. I always say, and I've certainly said the same to my kids, that a job isn't about salary. Salary should be one of the least um, important things you do because actually, if you go to work as a plumber, for example, and you earn that salary, you're gonna and you don't enjoy it, yeah. you're gonna feel oh that my God, salary you feel every, every penny, single, yeah, every penny. Yeah. But actually, if you earn less and doing a job you really enjoy, you're not earning. Yeah. You're, you're having a good time and you get exactly money. Money's the byproduct of it. It is. So to me, certainly go for the career that you really want, not the career that you need the money for. Yeah. Looking at that and going, oh well, marketing directors um, earn eighty thousand. I'm going to be a marketing director, but really hating yeah. colouring in yeah. or whatever yeah. it is they do um, yeah. is absolutely you're just going to be disappointed there's just no you can't put a price on your happiness and I'd, I'd rather earn less and do something I enjoy so what about if you were chasing the career that you love but that doesn't pay very well how mm. does that kind of interlink with everything else that you might want to do just in life just think for example there's something that you really enjoy doing it only pays 18 grand a year there's an argument I guess that you can't then you know afford to retire but I would suggest that you'll have spent your life in a better way, rather than just spending the whole time, you know, just saving and saving, because you can't wait to get out of the job that you're in. Because mm. actually, if what you're doing every day you absolutely love, would you be choosing to retire from it anyway? Yeah. Um, and then actually you're just continuing to earn into mm. the definition of retirement. But I think you're right. I think it's, it's maybe easier for us 15, 20 years into our career to be able to say that, because mm. we have 
worked and we have kind of developed ourselves and moved our way up and you know aren't earning what we earned when we very first started in finance but I agree with you the point is if you are doing something that you do love and um, unless you've got the most niche job in the whole wide world mm. there'll always be somewhere to take it there will always be development and career progression and if it's a case of taking your time and moving up a ladder that takes you 20 years but you're enjoying every rung of that ladder or trying to charge up one just to get more salary in five years time but hating every minute of it and then just wanting to retire anyway mm. it's the stuff that we talked about way back when um, when we talked about can I retire at 30 but actually you wouldn't want to anyway if it was a career that you loved it's you know sometimes you are in a situation and currently what's happening in the world people might just have to take a job for the sake of a job you know a job's a job like if you need to in the meantime mm-hmm. get a job get Absolutely. some money save up put that Enable towards her. taking some time yeah. to retrain or do what it is that you actually genuinely want to do and out of all those professions which one would you most like a psychologist. I was lying when I said that I didn't want to hear people's problems. I want to hear them all the time. Oh, you were in for a treat later on, George, or this weekend when I'm drunk. Yay! <laughs> um, and if you don't know what career you like, we would recommend finance because a lot of people don't think about financial services yeah. as a career and they have the misconception that's a bit dry and a bit boring and that's partly what we're trying not to do and i'm just gonna segue into this because i think we've got a note from our sponsor which is the art of finance which is all oh. about a career in finance amazing would you look at that <laughs> welcome <laughs> This podcast is sponsored by The Art of Finance. We'll make learning the world of finance interesting, modern and fun. So, talking all things careers and in particular finance careers mm-hmm. and um, because we're current and relevant and topical <laughs> yes, we are. these days, what is current and very topical is the perilous nature of the job economy in the UK and in particular hospitality and we know that there's just an expectation for a huge increase in unemployment numbers in coming months, which is horrible. And then separately to that, we've always had this big mission within Verve Group to tell more people about a career in finance. And I guess it, those factors all together, for anybody who hasn't seen it, on the 1st of October, we launched a new initiative, a not-for-profit initiative called We Are Change. And the concept of it is to get the financial services industry to work together to pool their resources and to pay for a number of training positions in finance for people who might be looking at finance as a career for the first time. So what we've got is people in financial services who have already kindly started to make their pledges to sponsor these positions. And it means that from January, we'll be able to open up the doors to new people looking for a career, potentially those that have been made unemployed recently, potentially from hospitality. And we'll take them through a two-year training scheme. We'll get them qualifications in financial services. We'll give them some training and hopefully we can get them into a job. So it's quite a big change. It's quite an exciting 
initiative. It's a brilliant initiative. And I think it's not even just for people who've, you know, their first career. It's, it could be Absolutely. older people or people who've worked in hospitality all of their lives. There's a lot of transferable skills from yep. that. A lot of it's about communication with people and client relations. Absolutely. and But there's just so many different roles as well in finance. People don't understand. The options are endless. And actually, finance is such a viable and really good option for a lot of people. And when you talk about the median salary, it's often, it's a good remuneration package in... Another P, paraplanner. Paraplanner, yeah. All the P's. Um, so we thought what would be useful, because it's... Priest. Pr mm. In finance? Pope. Oh. I'm just thinking of jobs beginning with the P. Oh, okay. Sorry. Oh, no, no, that's fine. <laughs> um, so it's fine for you and I to sit and say we love finance, because I think mm -hmm. people who've listened to That Mint podcast already realise that that's the case. But we thought then it'd be useful to get some little snippets from other people who work in finance and find out what it is that they do, maybe how they got into it and what it is that they love about financial services. I'm really interested to hear this. Oh, me too. Hi, my name is Natalie Bell and I am currently Director of Culture and Engagement at the Verve Group. It absolutely isn't a role you would expect to find in financial services. I think that's what makes it really exciting. Um, my nickname's Laura the Drawer, as I'm working as a digital designer here at Verve. As part of, sort of their marketing and development team supporting graphic design, digital design. It's not what I class as a traditional role in terms of I wasn't anticipating this sort of role in financial services, but to be able to put processes and ideas that you've learned through university into place in industry is it's really like cool to see how projects come to life when either marketing teams are putting campaigns together or development teams are working on new sprints. I think the perception when you're not in it is that the sector is old and stuffy and it's boring whereas actually I've found over the last six months it's not that case at all you know there's lots of different roles that I didn't even know existed but there's loads of young fresh people working in those roles and they love their job so it's really I get my energy from those people as well I suppose. I'm Alistair Wilson and my job at the moment is kind of like across working with parasols on writing uh, reports as a power planner but I'm also branching out into our new DNA service. So before I came to parasols I used to be a teacher so I was a teacher for six years teaching A-level geology. From geology I've got lots of uh, like an analytical background. When someone says oh, I work in finance you just typically think like big banks, big investment firms and um, you know like sharp soups and canary oil and things like that but yes so I taught the other end of the scale here it's a lot more chilled out a lot more relaxed so I'm Grant Callahan, head of para planning I've probably been here longer than most people have and sort of come the whole journey from new graduate up to head of para planning most of this career is not really promoted enough I know we're taking steps to change that so hopefully people are more aware of it but I, I relied on a lucky job posting once to and then I saw the word para planner and sort of did my own homework on what that was and kind of went from there um, well, I just said it's in the basic, like, a, a, like just a very solid industry to be in. So, like, if you, so the way I think about it, the finance industry is always going to be around. People are always going to have money. Um, and they're always wanting, always going to want people to help them look after the money as well. I think it's all to do with, you know, investing big pots of money and stock markets and that kind of thing. <laughs> it really encompasses a lot of areas that people have to deal with in day-to-day -day life. Everyone deals with mortgages or insurance or pensions to some degree, especially nowadays. It's just completely different to what you would expect working in finance to be. I I forget I work in finance, to be honest, because you walk in here and it's just, there's no stereotypes at all. It's literally just always so bright and vibrant and there's always stuff going on and it's just, yeah, it's a lovely place to work. 
think one of the things people don't know about financial services probably because we're not very good at financial education anyway so no one learns about mortgages in school no one learns about sort of insurance policies i know a lot of it does sound dull in practice but under the bonnet it can be quite interesting especially when you're dealing with real families and real lives and real you know trying to help people achieve stuff I wouldn't have thought this at the start when I first came in. I would have probably thought there were more black and white answers to black and white scenarios, but um, just, yeah, solving problems, I think, is one of the things I like most about it. So I'm currently in my fourth week here, and it's Verve just completely breaks the mould for financial services. Any impressions that I've ever had, having known people that work in financial services previously, it's just such a different vibe, like the atmosphere in the office. We have two audiences too, so actually we've got our B2B marketing, where actually we're working with um, financial advisors. We've also got the second audience, which is B2C, so business to consumer audience, where actually we um, go out and speak to public, just to really start getting people interested in financial services who otherwise wouldn't consider it a, a career choice. So there is lots of stereotypes around finance that it's male dominated you've got to be good at maths it's you know not very colorful place to be i certainly had those stereotypes myself um but it's about being able to shine a spotlight on it and actually being able to say it's a really great place to be and a really rewarding career choice i mean that's just a small sample of the people that are literally around us now but actually it's a, it's a wide, wide finance world out there um, and I'm pretty sure there's something in it for everyone. And I would also say if you go to weareverve.co.uk, there's a page on the website which has a number of different people where we've done interviews with them as well and they are all different jobs within it so it's just that variety of the options that are available to people so it's worth having a little look on that too and you can sign up on there to hear all about We Are Change and potentially even put yourself forward for one of the roles if you would like to join us. We're very aware, aren't we, that finance has, up till now, been very insular. Um, it's got its own community and sometimes people can perceive it as being difficult to break through. Yeah. Um, and, and I get that. I, I feel it. I understand it. But honestly, if you've got any questions, I don't mind answering questions all day long about finance. I'm really passionate about bringing more people into the industry, increasing diversity and the advice gap that there is currently so honestly just get in touch you can send us an email at hello at thatminpodcast.co.uk or on twitter at thatminpodcast um, or you know you can hit Kathy tweets um, and she will answer any of your questions if you feel confident with it you can just kind of tweet us because then we can obviously reply and other people might see it and that might encourage them to get involved and mm -hmm. see the conversation but if you don't if you just feel like you kind of want to speak to us direct then um, the email address that Joe mentioned is there and so if you've got questions or the things that you're thinking about it's such a cliche but other people will be thinking it as well other people will be listening and wanting to ask and one of the things that we want to do is bring more of that into the show in our first episode of the second series we answered a lot of listeners questions specifically mm -hmm. to finance and hopefully we'll be able to do this in future episodes where we can answer questions but not just about finance in general it can be about the careers so if you've got Absolutely. these questions then you know we can kind of um, share them anonymously with other people and help mm -hmm. answer some of those and just hopefully drive more and more people towards this wonderful world we're in yeah and you know there's no stupid questions um, I say that all the time mm. there are honestly we won't laugh at you. <laughs> Exciting. I know. Credits! Yay! Oh. Um, new series, same credits. Yay! 
Uh, thank you to co-host Caddy Harrison, Major Campbell, thank you myself. Um, thank you to the boys at Second Draft. For Martin putting Glenn. up with us. Yeah, exactly. For all, all, all of the editing. Um, won't tell you what I said literally on the first opening bars. Um, thank you to the Art of Finance, our sponsor. Thank you to all of the team in our marketing who do a lot of work trying to make us look good. And thank you to everybody who's contributed and sent in questions and messages of support. And all the people who um, were interviewed for their careers as well in yeah. the team, because I know it's a bit scary for them to talk about themselves and they've done a brilliant job. They really have. Thank you to everybody who's contributed and supported. We couldn't do it without you. big story in the news is that interest rates for the first time in yonks you'll probably know the actual amount of times for eps <laughs> yeah that official uh, donkey's years um we've gone into negative interest rates no we haven't have we not oh, no. what's going on <laughs> is that what's happened no i'm pleased to do this podcast it's not to educate the masses george or it's to educate you have we gone we haven't gone into negative interest rates i'm avoiding the news because it's just all coronavirus thing so i just don't watch it I assume we'd got into negative interest rates. Save your career. <laughs> <laughs> Could we maybe just record a line that's like, we're maybe about to go into the interest Yeah, okay. Yeah. Didn't say, can you all take a picture of him with some veg? And then you send in a picture of the veg, and she goes, <laughs> he doesn't have his festival. It's for a reason. <laughs> oh, you still do that? Yeah. I have brought a big green cabbage. I have brought a big green cabbage. I have brought a big green cabbage to put in the hall today. I have brought a tin of beans. I have brought a tin of beans. How does it go? with me. I have brought a tin of beans to put in the hall today. <laughs> and then you put it all together and then give it to like the old people. And they'd be Is like, that what they actually did with it? Yeah. Thank you for the <laughs> oh butter my God. beans. Thank you for the butter beans. Thank you for the butter beans. You put in the hall today. <laughs> I don't know that bit. I made that bit up. Painter and decorator. <laughs>